0: Are you feeling frustrated with the situation you currently find yourself in? Or with how others are behaving? Chances are it's mindset and paradigm that are the driving force behind your frustration. How we see the world, our paradigm, and how we think about it, our mindset, has everything to do with how we experience life. And yours? Well, yours just might be getting in your way from finding joy and contentment at work and at home. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we'll learn how to influence the great force of paradigms and mindsets that is affecting how we see, think, behave, and experience our daily lives. Welcome to episode three of Leadership on the Rocks. There are so many amazing leadership topics we're going to discuss this year, like overcoming burnout and how to handle conflict at work and at home. But I need to tell you a secret. Without listening to and internalizing today's podcast, all the amazing help the other episodes will give us will be for naught. Why? Because to truly grow into a better leader, spouse, parent, family member, Or friend, we have to pull back the curtains on how we engage with the world and realize, honestly, (laughs) that we ain't all that. (laughs) Plus a bag of chips, right? (laughs) If we don't start with understanding ourselves and how we see the world and think about the experiences we'll have, then we will continue to trick ourselves into believing that the world revolves around us and our point of view. So, whether it's you leading your family, a team, or an entire company, by better understanding how you see and think, you can come to the realization that you need to make progress in yourself before you try to influence and lead others. So if you want to be that inspirational leader, you know, like the Denzel Washington uh, in all the movies, right? We got to start with this episode. Speaking of movies, do you love watching movies? I do. I love following a good plot that leaves me in suspense. Six cents. Oh my goodness, that movie totally got me, right? I love to watch action and war movies with my son. And recently, I've been watching a lot of those um, classic princess or coming-of-age movies with my daughter. You know, the movies like The Princess Diary and Freaky Friday? That That was a great bonding moment for us. But I've come to realize that it doesn't matter the movie I watch, they all kind of have the same plot lines. Now, while I try not to verbalize my predictions per se out loud, you know, that would ruin the movie for my kids. I gotta say, I'm pretty spot on with the plot most of the time. So why is that? Every movie typically gives us some backstory to help us get to know why the main character is the way he or she is. I'm sure if you have kids, especially in middle school and junior high age, uh, they're learning about that plot diagram, right? Well, everything kind of follows that same plot line. So for example, unlikely heroes, they usually have some sort of pain in their past that make them that hardened character they are today, or that lonely, love-stricken character. They just don't believe they deserve love or happiness or respect, all because of a past relationship. And even family, right? Family history and the pressure to control the public image of the family is always played out in movies. So why all this backstory on characters? Because it's the crooks of the plot of the movie. It is what builds the tension in discovering how that character will respond to the problem he or she is going to find him or herself in. So I need you to think for a moment, because here's a thought for you. You and I are kind of like the main character in our own movies about our lives, right? And there's this great invisible force that's impacting and developing the plots in our own stories. So what is that force that's impacting the plots in your life and my life? Well, that force is made up of our paradigms, how we see the world, and our mindsets, how we think about things. And that is what's building the tension in our storylines. So how we see the world and think about things affects not only our mental health and our actions with every experience we have, but it also creates great resistance and internal conflict that has us or others feeling everything from frustrated to downright paralyzed. We can feel frustrated in a situation we find ourselves in or with how others are behaving. So for example, from a colleague to work who is always complaining, you know, the one I'm talking about, I bet you got their name in your head right now, right? (laughs) So whether it's a colleague at work or to the person at home that you absolutely adore, but who also easily freaks out at every little thing, well, that force of paradigms and mindsets are what's impacting our experiences right? Not only theirs, but yours. And well, yours just might be getting in your way from finding joy and contentment at work and at home. So by being intentional in thinking about your paradigm and mindset, you can better prepare yourself for the internal conflict that'll take place as you experience all those day-to-day life experiences that we just talked about. And the external conflict that you have as you encounter those people, like the one we talked about at work, that complains all the time. Okay, so let's pull back the curtain on these two invisible forces. Let's talk about what paradigm and mindsets are, and then let's look at how it affects your career and your home. After that, we're gonna talk about how we can slow our perceptions and our thoughts so that we're more intentional in how we look at the challenges or the people we face. And my hope is that as the movie of your life is still being written, There will come a scene where the audience will be watching in awe. They'll be on pins and needles, waiting to see. Are you going to be resilient and overcome? Are you going to cower to the stress? So let's get started in learning about those paradigms and mindsets. Our paradigm is the way we see the world, figuratively speaking. It's our frame of reference for how we interpret situations, people, and just the world in general. Considered a lens we look through to allow us to see the world, and remember, (laughs) have you ever been uh, to go buy glasses? There's a lot of lenses in the world, all right? There's a lot of lenses we can be looking through. So for example, we can have lenses that are self-focused, we can have lenses that are God-focused, goal-focused, business-focused, justice-focused, rose-colored glasses-focused, and many, many more. However, At the end of the day, our paradigm is just a set of assumptions we make about the world. As Stephen Covey says in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, our paradigms are just how we interpret what we see. And we organize our assumptions into two categories, the way things are, or the realities, and the way things should be, or our values. And our attitudes and behaviors then grow out of those assumptions. Yes, paradigms are very value-driven, but they are also heavily influenced by our environment, like our family beliefs, our media consumption, economic status, and race and ethnicity. So people have different paradigms for how they see the world, people, things, events, etc. And they make the assumption that their point of view of those is objective and correct given the facts. The facts, however, (laughs) they're more like a lenticular lens picture card. Depending on which way your paradigm is tilted, you can see different conclusions of those facts. Okay, so what's a lenticular lens print, Bethany? What is that? A lenticular lens print is like what you used to get in the Cracker Jack box, right? It's a picture that changes when you tilt the image one way or another. So imagine, you know, you have an image, a little card, and it shows Clark Kent. But when you tilt the image, it shows an image of Superman instead. That's a lenticular lens, and that's like paradigms. Depending on which way you're tilted, well, that's how you're going to see the facts. You know, for example, you could watch all the cable news shows, right? And you're going to see how they all differently kind of spin the facts. So depending on the angle or the assumptions that people have been conditioned to, they have very different paradigms for how they see things. Another example, let's imagine two people standing on the beach uh, facing each other. So one person bends down and draws the number six in the sand and proclaims that she has drawn the number six. The other person, though, can easily disagree and say that the number is not a six, but clearly a nine. Remember, they're facing each other. So both are convinced that they're being objective, thus making them right and the other person wrong. So based on where each person is standing, they see the world differently and therefore have different paradigms, which leads to different driving attitudes, different behaviors, and different concepts of work, all based upon where they're standing, their paradigm. Another example of opposing paradigms is that of personalities. So take any kind of personality test, and it's going to show you the different ways people naturally tend to see, behave, and work to generically combine because there's a million different personality tests out there. So I'm going to generically combine two opposing personalities. So let's compare, say, the perfectionist planner type versus the creative free spirit type. The perfectionist planner believes that it's possible to achieve perfection. They create a list in order to obtain perfection, and they notice the tiniest of details that are wrong with the plan. On the other hand, The creative free spirit believes in originality and avoids the confines of a checklist by going and doing as they feel to become whatever they want in the moment. Now, while their paradigms will be different in how they experience and react to an encounter with a person, thing, or event, both can add value to seeing the overall experience. And that, my friends, is Paradigm. If you need help remembering it, just picture the two people on the beach saying, it's a six. No, it's a nine. It all depends on your angle, your point of view. So now let's transition to mindset. If paradigm is the way we see situations in the world, then mindset is the way that your mind is set to think about things. As people, we're pretty stubborn in our thinking. Once we get a story in our head, it takes a lot of convincing to change that story. Somewhere along the way, our thinking has led us to a story, and that story has caused deep ruts in our roads of thinking. Then we become stuck, stuck in the ruts of our stories and thinking, and it becomes very hard to change. And the thing is, we've been listening to the same stories and telling ourselves those same stories our whole lives. When we become stuck in how we think about ourselves and the world around us, that, in fact, will affect how we think about other things that we experience. For example, as a child, you probably had some sort of tough experience, and through your thought process, you told yourself a story that is impacting how you think to this day. Maybe you uttered the phrase, like I did, I'm just not good at math, right? I never liked math, it was always hard, and I just said, I'm not good at it, right? Maybe you said it about reading, or social studies, or science, or maybe even sports and public speaking, whatever, you probably uttered that statement about something, Or maybe you just said, I'm not, you know, good enough with whatever, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not skinny enough. Or worse yet, maybe you told yourself the story. I don't deserve things like, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve respect. I don't deserve being valued. Then there's the flip side. Some people out there may say, you know what? I am God's gift to, you know, women, men. I'm God's gift to my spouse, my sport, my business, my church. In thinking about yourself in regards to your talent or self-worth in that area, you then told yourself a story that you either were or weren't something. A story created, you know, hard boundaries for you in what you were, what you are, what you deserve, and what you could be. And in accepting that story, you probably stopped trying to change it. You stopped trying to make progress within you. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I really want you to reflect on it. Think about it. What experiences and thinking led to stories that you've told yourself that it's keeping you locked into a specific thinking pattern about yourself? Have you struggled at something so much that you told yourself not to ever try again because you're just not good at it? Have you had so much success in one area that the tiniest bit of failure or conflict has caused you to have a meltdown? Have you ever been told something hurtful by someone and you internalized it and it's affecting you to this day? Maybe it was a loved one who told you something hurtful. Have you ever experienced such competition in something that you were tempted to cheat, take shortcuts, or even withhold information? Or, as Cobra Kai would say, you were willing to sweep the leg in order to be the victor. Like you, I've told myself plenty of stories. I already told you about math. Well, I have some more. You know, I'll never be skinny. I've always struggled with my weight. Uh, I've I've said that a bunch of times. Um, I'm not comfortable with conflict. I can't even tell you how much I believed that about myself until I became an administrator. And that's all I dealt with multiple times a day was conflict with everybody and everyone. And many, many more. Well, my friends, we have been thinking about ourselves and things all wrong. In so many circumstances, our mindset or how we think about things has been bound and chained and stuck in a rut. We have developed tunnel thinking, unable to see all the other possibilities or storylines available for the circumstances we find ourselves in. And, you know, if you're a spiritual person and, and have faith, a lot of times, you know, those are lies from the devil. Once it gets in your head, and tells you something about yourself, you just hold on to that. You believe it is true. And so much about growing in your faith is having God reveal to you the, the lies and those stories that you've believed and how they're not full of truth. And so I encourage you to talk to God about, you know, the feelings that you have about yourself or those stories that you've believed for so long in, and let him expose what is true. So as we, you know, continue and, and, and look at mindset, I just want you to really understand what it is. It's the way your mind is set to think about things. All right. So in other words, if your mind like had a dial, right? Like a little, you know, television volume dial, but a mindset dial, you, you know, there are different ways you can adjust it um, and set it so that whenever you're analyzing, reflecting, developing feelings about things or people or experiences or circumstances that you can in fact learn how to adjust that dial. However... I'm not a pedigree scientist, all right? But I've done some research and uh, Dr. Gary Klein uh, is a psychologist and he wrote an article in Psychology Today. And he said that a mindset is a belief that orients the way that we handle situations. It's the way that we sort out what is going on and what we should do. All right, so now through other research that I've done, it seems like there's like four popular settings. I'm sure there's more. Again, I'm not a psychologist. But there's four that's talked about a lot. And two that kind of go together are the fixed versus growth mindset. And the other two that go together are the scarcity versus abundance. And yes, they're opposing mindsets. So first, we're gonna take a look at fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Now, here is a very famous psychologist, Carol Dwick. All right, she is world-renowned Stanford University psychologist. And she wrote a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, And how we can learn to fulfill our potential. It's a a book from 2016. And she says that our lives are heavily influenced by how we think about our talents and abilities. Now, according to her, there are two types of mindsets that's the growth and fixed. A person with a growth mindset looks at obstacles in life as a challenge to be overcome and an opportunity to learn, while a person with a fixed mindset looks at challenges as threats to their talent and a threat to their intelligence. So the growth mindset provides hope of a better situation because the mind is willing to work and learn more skills through the adversity of the situation. With a growth mindset, there's always the thought that improvement, no matter how small, can and will be made. It focuses on learning skills versus being born with talent. So I love this example. If you've ever watched any of the Charlie Brown specials on TV, right? I love Charlie Brown. So he's a fictional cartoon character um, by Charles Schultz. And he has a growth mindset whenever he's talking to Lucy. They're playing baseball and all that. And he says, you know, if you grit your teeth and show real determination, you'll always have a chance. And I just want to say, that's right, Charlie Brown. You will always have a chance if you have a growth mindset. (laughs) Thank you, Charlie Brown, for that great example. So now let's switch to the opposite, the fixed mindset setting. That, on the other hand, has our mind thinking that things are as they are with no hope of getting better, no matter the situation, the circumstances, or the effort. In other words, you are either born with talent or you are not. In my case, I'm either good at math or I'm not. That was a perfect example of me having a fixed mindset. Its setting focuses on talent alone and not the opportunity of learning new skills. So I'm going to go back to the comics. Famous comic strip and now cartoon character, Pie Pie the Sailor Man. He exhibits a fixed mindset when he says, I am what I am and that's all that I am, right? He has a fixed mindset um, because he believes that he's nothing without his spinach, right? He's got to have the spinach to be strong and you know overcome whatever challenge he's facing these days. A lot of athletes that are majorly talented They can have a fixed mindset about that talent. Their identity is wrapped up in being the most talented. And whenever they come to adversity, they don't win the game or they're not picked for a specific team. They can fall apart. Have you by chance ever seen an athlete uh, walk off the field or the court during a game? Uh, Not that I'm talking about any recent news. (laughs) So a fixed mindset can cause the mind to constantly battle the development of perseverance in overcoming obstacles. And it can cause people to essentially quit or die on those molehills of life. Now let's get to the other set of mindsets. And it's talked about a lot in business. So beyond growth and fixed mindset, there's another way your mind can be set to think about things. And that is scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. Again, kind of looking back at Stephen R. Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he really kind of coined the terms scarcity and abundance mindset by describing a concept of a pie. And I love it. Who who doesn't love pie? So scarcity-minded people believe that there is only so much pie to go around. And once someone takes a piece of that pie, there is, in fact, less pie for everyone else until finally there is no pie left. That is scarcity mindset. On the contrary, abundance-minded people believe that the pie is never ending and everyone can have a piece. There is essentially Plenty of pie to go around. Now, there's no greater example of abundance mindset than with Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is all about freely giving you the abundant life. Now, it's not because you deserve it or I deserve it. It's because he loves us no matter what and wants to give it to us. In Matthew 14, 13 through 21, you know, Jesus is speaking to a bunch of people and, and actually thousands of people about the abundant life through him. And, and meanwhile, his disciples were stuck in their concerns about how they're going to, you know, feed all these people. How are we going to be able to provide food for them to eat? They had a scarcity mindset when they said they only have five loaves of bread and two fish, and that it was impossible to feed that many people. However, Jesus was always teaching and showing how the abundant life was possible through him. Jesus, in fact, took the five loaves and two fish, blessed them, and then passed them out to 5,000 men, plus the women and children that were present, all ate the food until they were full, and there were 12 baskets remaining. That, my friends, is the concept of abundance. With a scarcity mindset, our thinking is always within the boundaries that there is a limit to how much blank whatever there is in the world, right? Fill the blank with anything you want. There's a limit to how much success there is in the world. There's a limit to how much money, market, popularity, friends, status, whatever. A scarcity mindset has the thought life focused on what we don't have and how we have to get it before the next person does. This has high school and mean girls written all over it, (laughs) right? That's a scarcity mindset. When thinking of a scarcity mindset, though, not only do I think of high school but I also immediately picture King John in the story of Robin Hood. Okay, I gotta be honest. I actually picture the Disney version of King John. You know, the one that sucks his thumb. He believes there's only so much power and money available, so he has to do whatever it takes to make sure he gets it all. And that includes sending King Richard off on that crazy crusade and then taking money from the poor in order to make him rich. That is a scarcity mindset. So now we know what paradigms and mindsets are and how they play into how we see, think about, and experience life and encounter with others, how do we actually go about making changes for the better? How do we learn to recognize varying paradigms and mindsets in ourselves and others? Going back to that colleague that we work with that is a huge complainer or the beloved family member that is easily overwhelmed. How in the world do we deal with them, right? I'm sorry to tell you, but you can't start with them. Because the truth about change with anyone is that you can't change anyone. You can only change yourself. So that means you always have to start with you. And a great place to start is by focusing on self-awareness and metacognition. Thinking about your own paradigm and thinking processes. True introspection is not just a great first step, but it is the only step in making positive change happen. It allows you to understand how the obstacles you're currently facing affects your overall motivations, beliefs, thoughts, communication, and actions in overcoming those obstacles. The more we recognize and reflect on our seeing and thinking habits and the stories we tell ourselves, We become more available to slow our thinking and adjust those settings. And oh, the stories we've told ourselves. Now, I need a sidebar here for a second because I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not saying there isn't absolute truth. There most absolutely is absolute truth, and that comes directly from God. But what I am saying is that we have to recognize that our human minds develop so many of our own perceptions instead of or in addition to God's truth. And that and how that turns out, my friends, depends on where we stand in the sand or how we were raised or what experiences we've had and so on. Okay, so I just want to make sure to get that sidebar out there. So now back to application. When it comes to paradigm and building assumptions, you need to always be looking for clarity by seeking to understand the other person's point of view you must understand that your paradigm is not always right, nor is it always God-endorsed. Remember what I said earlier about how we can naturally add to or take away from God's truths. That's what I mean by that. So before you go talk to a person at work or a family member with all guns a-blazing on why you're right about a situation, it is important to recognize that there are different ways of seeing that situation. To help us come in a little softer than the all guns a blazing approach to that, you know, would be argument, we need to recognize what our natural paradigm is and be open to shifting that paradigm to be able to see from the other person's point of view. Only then can we see a bigger picture of the situation with more clarity. Now, when it comes to mindset, you need to slow your thinking. Stop the spiral of thoughts and adjust your settings. You have to be able to not only catch your train of thought, but to stop it before it spirals down its familiar tracks of stories where your mindset is set in stone. And in your head, maybe your story track says it's because you were born that way. It's just the way I am, right? How many times have we heard that from people? Just like tracks are laid for a train, and stories are told, their direction can be changed. We can in fact turn the mindset dial to that of growth and abundance. As you engage with the same work colleague from earlier or that family member, ask yourself, does this situation with the other person define who I am and, and all that I or they are capable of? Ask yourself what the root causes of the conflict were and how you can take ownership in those causes. What part did you play? Because you played a part. You have to own that. If I had to guess, in most situations, it's because of a lack of communication and actual dialogue. Dialogue is where you're going back and forth and you're seeking to understand each other. So then you may also want to ask yourself what you can learn from that situation to make you and your relationship with the other person better in the future. What lesson did you learn? we can begin to think about conflicts, challenges, obstacles, and failures as lessons that are refining our skills and giving us wisdom to take into the next experience. Through a growth and abundance mindset, we have the hope to continue on the journey of progress and invite others to come along with us. So now ultimately, even though there is this invisible force driving our points of view, our beliefs, our thoughts, and our actions, we do not have to be a slave to it. We can, in fact, change that force so that it produces more clarity, more ownership, more contentment, and ultimately more joy in our lives. All right, guys, I know that we have unpacked a lot of deep psychology today, right? Your head is probably spinning. But I, I want to summarize it by reading a post that I saw going around on social media this week. And it says, and I'm going to quote here, quote, when you finally learn that a person's behavior has more to do with their internal struggle than it ever did with you, you learn grace, end quote. I'm going to say that again. When you finally learn that a person's behavior has more to do with their internal struggle than it ever did with you, you learn grace. That, leaders and friends, is the point. Learn to slow down before you make assumptions and seek to understand other paradigms beyond your own. Learn to slow down and even stop your natural train of thought and ask yourself what mindset setting you're thinking with. Because here's the truth. Challenges and conflict will always come We will have challenges in our marriages, our parenting, our careers, and our social interactions. That is life on earth. We need to understand that we have a choice in how we handle adversity. We can dig our feet in the sand, literally, you know, based upon the paradigm in the sand. (laughs) We can dig our feet in the sand and argue until we're blue in the face, saying that our paradigm is right and everyone else's is wrong. We can even wrap our fixed and scarcity mindsets around the situation, curl up in a ball and say, I just can't even, or it's unfair. That's one option. Or we can change our thinking and say, that didn't go as planned, but with God, all things are possible and we can continue the journey towards progress. So my friends, may you please talk to God daily. Allow Him to open your eyes to His truth and guide your thinking, and you will be amazed at how abundantly you grow in your faith, joy, peace, and harmony with all of your life experiences. God bless. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, if you feel like this podcast is very helpful, will you do me a favor and share it with your friends, family, coworkers, or anybody else who is trying to grow in leadership but also wants to have that harmony between work and home? Thanks, and I'll see you next week. And remember, the most important rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing.